0: It's Midday Magazine for Monday, August 21st. I'm Shelby Herbert. Petersburg's Assembly is taking public testimony on the sale of borough-owned tidelands at their regular meeting tonight at 6 p.m. They'll also resume negotiations with Petersburg's tribe concerning the sale of a different plot of public land. Here's more on tonight's packed agenda. The Assembly is scheduled to take comment on the sale of borough-owned tidelands at the start of tonight's meeting. John and Sherry Wecon filed an application to purchase a lot at 103A Dock Street that they currently lease for Wecon Enterprises, Incorporated. The borough code says they need to prove that the sale benefits the public in a way that couldn't be realized through leasing the land. Petersburg's planning commission recommends that the assembly approve the sale, though the Harbor Advisory Board recommends they go forward with some restrictions. At tonight's meeting, the Assembly will vote on whether the application will go any further in the process. If it does, they'll exempt the application from public auction and authorize Borough Manager Steve Giesbrecht to start negotiations for the sale. The Assembly will also pick up where they left off for the sale of another parcel of borough land. PIA is looking to purchase a small $52,000 lot in the area surrounding the building where they're headquartered. Mayor Mark Jensen and Assembly members Bob Lynn and Scott Newman were all absent from the last meeting. The remaining four members approved PIA's application to buy the land, but they couldn't decide how they wanted to sell it. At tonight's meeting, they'll decide whether they'll sell the land in either a public auction or through direct negotiations. PIA has expressed their preference for a direct sale. In other business, assembly member and housing task force chair Dave Kenzinger is requesting an assembly work session to go over the early results of the borough's housing needs assessment. Petersburg's housing task force held a public meeting about that survey last week, the results of which show that more than 300 houses need to be built or renovated in the next decade. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. KFSK will broadcast tonight's assembly meeting live and post the recording on our website, kfsk.org. Anyone can join the meeting in person, by phone, or on Zoom. There's more information on KFSK's community calendar. Donna Marsh just completed her first year on Petersburg's Borough Assembly. KFSK's Hannah Floor sat down with Marsh to talk about what her first year in office has been like, what she's learned and what surprised her. Marsh says she was inspired to run for the seat when she didn't see her views represented on the assembly.
1: There were so many issues um, within the last three or four years that just had risen to the surface where I thought, surely there has to be another viewpoint, and I didn't think I was the only one in town with that other viewpoint. So um, I wrote letters to the assembly. I showed up at meetings and presented my ideas and and, um, realized that there were other people out there who shared common ideas. Um, So that was kind of the thing that um, helped motivate me to put up or shut up. Mm. Did you, were you excited about the idea of running
2: or did it take you a while to realize that you were the person who was going to have to do it?
1: Um, I had deliberated for some time. Should I, could I, you know, what everything going on in life. Um, but I decided, yeah, it's, you know, if not now, when, if not me, who? So I jumped in.
2: What has surprised you about the experience of being on the assembly this last year?
1: I don't know about any surprises, um, validated that I can't make everybody happy and I may not be in the majority. Um, but that's okay. Um, I, I have been um, humbled by people who, whether we agree politically, um, offer their thanks and appreciation for my time on the board, so um, that's always nice to be appreciated, and you know, I, I think it's easy to find where people are divided, but I think more often we have things that are common, and I think those are good things to build on, um, I think. People in town, regardless of their political stripes, um, want a really awesome community. And, and we've got that in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And
2: does it feel like that has become more apparent to you since being on the assembly because people uh, tell you those things in response to your, your time there? Yeah,
1: it, it is encouraging. There's there's so much good. Mm. Is there anything that you've changed your mind on in the last year? Um perhaps that people bring a perspective that is not always evident. Um, you know, for example, I am not in favor of the new hospital. I think it's too grandiose an idea. I think it's going to be a fabulous facility, but I think it's too much for Petersburg. I don't think we can support it, sustain it, maintain it, fill it, fund it. Um, so, But those who are passionately for it, Um, have a unique perspective as well and I appreciate that and I appreciate the need that we've got an aging facility where we are and there needs to be some improvements.
2: It sounds like you're saying that you see that those people who are for it are for it in good faith.
1: I, I believe so.
2: Is there anything that you wish people better understood about serving on the assembly or about what the assembly does?
1: It, it is a huge time commitment, um, and the issues are heavy. People will say, "Ask me, are you having fun?" Um, no, short answer, because <laughs> I don't think it's about having fun. I think it's about helping um, come to resolutions that are financially sound, that make sense, that that are sustainable. Um, so, so is the job fun? Not at all. Um, What would you say to people considering running for assembly? Absolutely. Go for it. Um, It's nice to have conversation and dialogue and exchange of ideas. And whether I agree with that person or not, or, you know, again, in the minority or not, that's fine. But get the ideas out there because people have a lot to contribute.
0: That was Donna Marsh speaking with KFSK's Hannah Floor. This is
1: the first of a two-part
0: series with Petersburg's freshman assembly members. The second will air tomorrow, August 22nd. The next municipal election is Tuesday, October 3rd, and the deadline to file for candidacy for borough assembly is tomorrow, August 22nd, at 4.30 p.m. when the municipal building closes. In southeast Alaska... Early August is practically synonymous with deer season, as many areas open to hunting then, but a dock frequently used by deer hunters in Central Southeast is out of commission until next year. The dock at Roosevelt Harbor on Zarembo Island was severely damaged in a storm last winter. Large waves detached the dock from the gangplank, which already had some underlying structural issues. Initially, the U.S. Forest Service in Wrangell said it hoped to have the dock fixed by deer season this year, but the contract still hasn't been awarded. And the cost of the repair project isn't publicly clear, though the agency says it will be public once a contract is awarded. Sage Smiley spoke with a few Forest Service workers on July 28 to get an update on the project. David Leacone is a Ketchikan-based civil engineer. And Clint Coleridge is the Wrangell District Ranger. Clearly, Coleridge says it's deer season and the dock isn't fixed yet.
3: We all know obviously that Roosevelt Harbor and Roosevelt Dock is a, a main access point for the folks here in Wrangell and it's a and Zerimbo Island is a really really important subsistence hunting ground for our local population. And you're right, the dock was damaged in winter. Um, there was a big wind event. We also had a lot of blowdown around that area. And at the time, Tori Hauser, sitting next to me, was acting ranger. And I know she got with contracting as as fast as she could and and got the process started. The contracting process is just about concluded as far as an award being made. But it it hasn't quite concluded. And because of that, I've asked David, who is... uh, gracious enough to join us today to be able to speak to it a little bit from the contracting part because I think it's really important for all of us including the public to understand even though we're all local faces of the Forest Service we still have a bureaucracy that we have to work through or that we're part of and that real people who try really hard are trying to get things done as fast as they can but David's kind of the subject matter expert and I, I thank you so much David for coming and be able to explain a little bit more of this to the rest of us so with there I'm going to turn it over to David.
4: Sure. Thanks, Clint. So as you're all are aware, there was some massive damage that was done to the dock last so October November that really, really had some structural implications to, to that dock out there. Previous to that, we had done an inspection back in 2021. We hired a firm to come in and do a professional inspection of the entire dock system. And we did see that there was quite a bit of issues that needed to be remedied. And fortunately, we were able to secure funding that would cover those those issues. And when we had this damage, this windstorm come through, um, it definitely just picked up the priority for Roosevelt needing to be addressed. Um, we know that the dock was uh, disconnected from the gangway. And kind of where it's sitting right now is that that gangway is sitting halfway submerged into water. So it posed a new obstacles for us to kind of go through because we understand that it's a very visible dock that's used, highly used during the hunting season. So there was an option for us to definitely do a repair to the gangway, reconnect it. But our biggest concern was that there was going to be some underlying structural safety issues that may come up because we did a repair. And after we went through a lot of the process for procurement, for we found out that the price to replace the gangway was going to be just about the same amount as it would be to repair it. So we want the dock to be, once it's finished, to be restored to where we don't, and we're going to do maintenance on it. But it's a brand-new dock system that's going to serve the public really well for the next 5, 10 years. And that's really our goal is that when we're investing money into these projects that we deliver it back better than when we got it. So what that entails is that it may take a little bit longer for us to get this project moving as far as replacing the gangway. But when it's done, we can say that it's going to be done. And, and that's really our goal. So uh, hopefully that clears up some of it. I know it's a long process, but we want to make sure we get everything right with this dock. Because there are a the few issues that we want to remedy.
3: So just to
0: be absolutely clear for you know the people, hunting season is coming up in just a couple of days. The dock will not be ready at that point, right?
4: Unfortunately, it won't. It won't. We want to, and like I said, the contractor needs to mobilize. We're shipping up a pre-manufactured new gangway up and just the procurement, the logistics to get that up. We're going to miss the hunting season, unfortunately, this year.
0: But the hope is then, the implication kind of sounds like the hope is to have that done by next year at the latest.
4: We're shooting to have that gangway here on site by the spring. So we're not, we won't miss next hunting season. I can guarantee you we're moving that way. And unless another major storm that just changes everything again happens, we'll tackle that. But right now the way we're kind of scheduling it out is that we will do a lot of the work around the gangway by the finish of this year. And that gangway, once it's barged up, We're going to take it right out there and get it anchored up and and reconnected to have that dock ready to go.
0: Perfect. Well, thanks so much for clarifying that and for taking some time to be a part of this interview and add that contracting perspective. We really appreciate it.
4: Thanks, Dave. Thanks. All right. Y'all have a good one. You too. Goodbye.
0: That was Sage Smiley speaking with Wrangell District Ranger Clint Colerich and Forest Service Civil Engineer David Leacone. For hunters heading to Zarembo this fall, the rustic boat launch at Roosevelt Harbor is still usable for landing crafts to potentially move vehicles on and off the island. The St. John's dock on the northwest side of the island is still available for boats to tie up at, although that's a much longer ride from Wrangell. Alaska's Senators brought Senator John Boozman of Arkansas to Kodiak this week. Boozman is the ranking member of the Senate's Agriculture Committee and is on tour to see what farming looks like around the country. As Brian Venwa reports, the Kodiak visit was a chance for him to see what food security looks like in Alaska.
5: The three Senators arrived on the island and one of their first stops was the Kodiak Harvest Foods Co-op. They asked staff and volunteers some questions about how the co-op supports local farming and walked around the store to see what locally sourced goods were available. Senator Dan Sullivan says visiting smaller communities keeps public figures grounded as they write policy from their offices in the capital.
4: Co-ops and locally grown produce strengthens communities and helps us with our food security, which a lot of You know senators are unaware how kind of vulnerable we are in a lot of ways with regard to food security
5: sullivan says one of his priorities is to add fisheries considerations to upcoming farm bills he says he wants fishers to have access to programs in a similar way to farmers when markets aren't in their favor senator lisa murkowski says farming in alaska looks extremely different compared to the contiguous u.s it's usually on a smaller scale and the state has a shorter growing season She says the Kodiak stop of the tour is their way of introducing Senator Bozeman to Alaska's fisheries.
1: When we're talking about food, we should be talking about seafood. So what are we doing to incorporate seafood into the farm bill? So it's a great opportunity for him to see firsthand what this means. We're going to be looking at mariculture operations, kelp, oysters, um, and just the potential for, for growth across our state.
5: Senator Bozeman says fisheries are a unique industry to serve and understands the Alaska delegation's sentiment about providing more opportunities for fishers.
4: We're also going to be talking to the uh, fisheries, you know, they have lots of problems and fisheries are kind of unique, they don't really have a home, you know, they're divided amongst all of these committees and so we'd like to to help out and see what we can do in regard to that industry.
5: Bozeman says his Kodiak visit was brief, but was glad to meet with so many people and try to relate with them in his tours.
4: It's very different than Arkansas, but I think the people are very much the same. You know, these are hardy people that are very individualistic.
5: The senator from Arkansas also met with seafood processors while they were on the island. Bozeman even visited a farm in Yuzinki, a village of fewer than 50 year-round residents, to show him what agriculture looks like in some of the most remote places in the state. Bozeman is also planning to visit the Alaska State Fair before leaving. In Kodiak, I'm Brian Venois.
0: For KFSK, I'm Shelby Herbert. Coming up next, local and marine weather followed by birthdays and community announcements. You're listening to KFSK.